Hey, Sean. Hey, David. You uh, ever make a s'more? Uh, yes, and I always want s'more. <laughs> well, have you ever made a s'more with an uh, extra large marshmallow? No, because I'm not a child or stupid. Why did you? <laughs> okay, well, we could only find the extra jumbo marshmallows. And let me tell you, making a s'more with an extra jumbo marshmallow is not the easiest thing to do. It's not even remotely ideal unless you get like no. a big ass graham cracker. The, the marshmallow to cookie and chocolate ratio is way off. Um, and you know what? I just, you know, it, it just kind of ruined the s'more for me. How on earth were you able to like finish that without guzzling like a bunch of water? Oh, I was guzzling a bunch of beer. That's that's the big difference. Uh, you know what is, though, not going to require you to guzzle a bunch of water or beer or make you question your life choices? This episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen Podcast with your host, Sean and David. Well, 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 well. David, how are you? I got no puns today. Just been watching a lot of The Office. <laughs> Really? Again? Yeah. You're yeah, one of those just, people? Um, sometimes, you know, you just want like some comfort food and some snacks while you're uh you're dealing with a lot. And uh for this week it was the office. Just kinda oh. how it goes. I've uh I've barely touched my console in the last month. Aside from like when you uh came to play some games, I've not really gamed. I haven't really done much of anything really. Just here, having a good time. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I played a game. It was it. <laughs> How many marshmallows can fit on the top of a a s'more? <laughs> um, no. Uh my buddy uh Alex, you would remember him. He uh played some he played some uh board games with us on yep. Tabletop Simulator. He came up to visit on his uh his holiday. Did the drive up to the Great White North. Um and we played Mario Party. And let me tell you, it was the biggest upset in the history of Mario Party. Did you lose? Three of us lost against a normal computer. Was it Luigi? No, I was I, I was playing as Luigi. No, because oh, Luigi Donkey, always wins. It was Donkey Kong, that bastard. Um, yeah, we were and we were kicking ass. Well, I was kicking ass. Everyone else was eating my shorts. And then it was those stupid bonus stars at the end. Like for nothing. Like one of them was like, how many, like, I don't know what it was. The most unlucky squares or spots that they landed on. And he won by like one star came from, he came from the bottom. (laughs) What, he started what from it? the bottom. Started from the bottom. No, it was just really pissing us off. Like we were, it was so close. Biggest upset. We're still talking about this days later. But uh, yeah, that's really the only thing that I really played. Well, we went on a uh, we went on a boat ride. I saw that. I, or uh, a ship, the MS Kenora. It's a. We'll, we'll, I'll take you on there. It's, it's a laundry it's, ship. It's <laughs> it's a laundry ship. No, see, you don't watch enough Simpsons to pick up the quote. But that's the SS Walter Mondale. It's a laundry um, ship. She'll get you the rest of the way. Um, well, it was interesting. We uh, it was like a little tour around uh, the the lake here, um, and I was kind of shocked at how long it took. Like the the whole tour is about two hours, and it's like, how is that two hours? But when you look at uh, like these, this lake of the woods is massive. Like it's hundreds of kilometers. It's, I think it's like what, uh, from North to South, it's like 140 kilometers and East to West. It's like almost 200 kilometers. 
Like it's crazy. And there's so many like little, uh, little islands and stuff like that. And they didn't go super far away from Kenora, probably just kind of like, I don't know, well, two hours worth of away. Uh, but let me tell you, we were filled with rage and, and anger, but no machine. No, no, we, there was no rage against the machine. No, we were filled with rage and anger and depression afterwards. Because you're going through on this ship, this boat tour around these this beautiful lake, all of these islands, and there's all of these like multi-million dollar homes, like cottages on there. And it's like, man, like what do those people do? How do I get that? And I'm feeling a sense of arson. <laughs> so... <laughs> Even the cottages we were at a few weeks ago, you looked at some of those and you're like, damn, those are nice. That backyard I randomly ended up in, that had a really nice deck on the river. I'm saying it's not, uh, it's not, it's maybe not what you do. It's who you rob. So we should yeah, rob right? some people or mm-hmm. banks. Yeah. So it, it, it was fun though. So you can do like a, a dinner, like you can do a buffet on the, on the boat. But we uh, didn't know that you had to actually pay for it in advance. We thought like you kind of sat down there and you could do it on there. But no, it was all in advance. So we'll do that sometime. When you come up and visit, we'll, uh, we'll I, take you I have this on, feeling on as uh, our listeners listen on to our adventures, I'm going to get up there and it's going to be like black fly, super apocalyptic season. And we're not going to be able to do anything. And then all of a sudden I'm going to like open my eyes and it'll be snowing. And I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? That's true. I think, I think it's going to be a lot. What do we have on uh, deck today, my friend? I know uh, it's July, so we have some games coming out at the end of the epi. But uh, I know we wanted to talk about Andor a little bit. So I, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little worried because... Star Wars television shows not named the Mandalorian kind of blow. Yeah. Well, I think the ones that kind of blow are the ones that are directly related to the Skywalker saga. Scott saga. The Skywalker saga. It is, it is, it is a little soggy, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so Andor is coming out in August. Uh, is it August 1st or August 31st? August 31st, I believe. Right at the end of the month. All right. So we got two months before this comes out. And uh, I'm hoping that this goes kind of like the way of Mandalorian and Rogue One, where it's loosely connected to Skywalker Saga, but it doesn't have to include any characters from that. Right? Like, if you look at Rogue One, yeah, it was part of the Star Wars trilogy. Um, but... Well, not trilogy, Star Wars Saga, but it didn't really have any main saga characters other than Darth Vader. And like a few, a few like extra random ass ones, but nothing like significant that they could really ruin, really ruin the characters. I'm just so, so kind of over it. Is I'm that hoping, like, yeah, that weird? No, that's, no, not really. Like, it's, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm as excited for this as, uh, it's like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. Well, you can't fool me twice because I've already been fooled once before. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me three times, I'm over it. And, and I, I think that's what the concern is. Like, uh, I, I'm not too sure what the online um, community thinks about this because, um, I don't know. Like, Kenobi just kind of ended, so people. But there wasn't much buzz after Kenobi ended. Like, no, it just kind of died. It just kind of stopped, right? And I feel like people maybe were tired of it before it even finished. Well, Kenobi, uh, Kenobi's buzz didn't like didn't die. It's still kind of out there. Uh, Metascore 73 user score 6.8. Almost nice. Just almost nice. I don't know when I, when I look at it, I'm going to look at Boba Fett here while I'm at it. Boba Fett. Best part. The book of Boba Fett. 59 and 5.4. The Mandalorian. Yeah, I would say, I would say that, um, I would say that Kenobi was significantly better. Than Book of Boba Fett. Oh yeah, the only problem I still have fundamentally with Obi Wan 
or the Kenobi series is the fact that you can't manufacture danger when we know we barely knew anything about his past, but we knew enough. Right. I know they could have manufactured danger for new characters, for other Jedi, like the inquisitors that he's trying to hide. Right. Like so that you can care about these and they could create characters that they wanted to implement and create and expand their own stories separate from Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader and Princess Leia and Luke and all that stuff. That sounds like all the main characters of the Skywalker saga. (laughs) I know, but can you imagine if they made a series where Obi-Wan Kenobi was trying to protect and hide and help, you know, surviving Jedi escape from the inquisitors. So yes, we know that Obi-Wan lives, but if they make these other characters compelling enough, you would care about their survival so that there's still some connection and hope and worry all at the same time. Yeah. When, I don't know. I I think we've exhausted the star Wars feeling. I, for one kind of don't care about Andor man. I'm having a hard time. I'm maybe just exhausted by TV and like even the stranger things run that I've just been on. Like, you know, the last two episodes of season four, are combined three and three quarters hours. It's like one twenty-five and two fifteen. Is it only two episodes? No, there's nine episodes in the season, and they get progressively longer. Like the last episode's a movie. That's kind of weird. Um, it is fantastic. I'm ashamed of you for not knowing that. Well, like I'll watch it eventually, but I got you have two years. You just started watching Umbrella Academy season three. I haven't even started it yet. Yeah. You're you're missing out. Anyways, back to Andor. I'm hoping this is my hope, and if they can if they can pull this off, I will be moderately satisfied. Because this is about uh, Cassian Andor as he is uh, kind of starting, and the the rebellion is starting up. So I'm hoping that they can kind of connect this to uh, kind of like what Rebels did, and it's a small ragtag team of people trying to help build the rebellion. Um, And it's kind of like the start of it. So I feel like they could go do a lot with this because if this is like pre-rebellion, so Luke's not involved, Leia's not involved, Mandalorian's not involved, Boba Fett's not involved, Darth Vader might show up at some point, right? Because he's part of like, he's the big bad guy in the empire, right? But for the most part, I think it's going to be, I'm hoping that it's going to be a group of people just trying to start a start up the rebellion. Maybe it's a, a small cell that then later technically connects with other small rebel group cells to create the rebellion. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously you haven't watched uh, star Wars rebels. So I'm working on it. Did I- like, I can I only know. do so I, so many Clone Wars episodes at a time. I think though, like you would maybe understand my my hopes a little bit better if you kind of understood what Rebels was. Um, I think that one that series did a really good job at kind of expanding the the story to the start of the rebellion, but keeping it far enough away from the Skywalker saga, right? Like it still takes place during the empire and Darth Vader and Ahsoka's there. And, and there are some Obi-Wan like Obi-Wan episodes in there and yeah, Darth Maul's there. So like they have all these like characters that are recurring, but it didn't do anything to ruin like specific characters that we, we enjoyed. In fact, it expanded on Darth Maul to the, the point where he was even more badass, and you, you've learned so much more about him than you even learned in Clone Wars. Um, so, let me ask you a question. You get to walk into Kathleen Kennedy's office. Uh, don't care. Fired. But she's your boss. And you're I, pitching her a once. Like, you get to come up with the next great Disney Plus series. What character or side character? Or what do you want to see that's not Andor? This is a, this is your chance to shine. What show are you creating? Oh, I would do something completely unrelated to the uh, the Empire. I would do something like Old Republic or or 
like Sith. Well, we're getting Acolyte, which is supposed to kind of explore the Sith. Um, but I would literally start up and do an entire new um, generation almost, right? Like something that takes place so far before or so far after from Darth Vader and the Empire and all that stuff. And uh, I don't know. I would love to see a series that follows like bounty hunters and maybe even like a, a, a short story type thing, kind of like visions or um, what was the one? Um, what if, right? Like short stories, but they're all slightly connected, but I don't know, explore some, some different bounty hunters and, and stuff like that and explore different Jedi and, you know, people connected to the force and whatnot, like expand on the, on the expanded universe. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to get away from Skywalker. As much as I love, you know, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy and, you know, all of the things kind of connected to the Empire and whatnot and the the Jedi Knights and the old or the new, I guess it's the Republic, I guess. All of that stuff. It's it's like being in a dead horse now. Right. See, like, I thought and, and the Avengers this- of the Republic were going to be was going to be a good show. Rangers of the Republic? Yeah, you remember the one that got canceled? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it comes to it, the only, like a series I would like to see, which was touched on in, I believe, The Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, was Poe Dameron and his like spice running. I would love to see like a spice running crime filled series where it's like all the dark, dirty parts mm-hmm. of Star Wars, the but underground. not. Sorry? Like the underworld. Yeah, but like instead of it being like Boba Fett who tried to lead with a strong hand and fail miserably, it would be all all the Boba crime. Fett didn't try and lead with a strong hand. He tried to lead with friendship. And his helmet off. Yeah. And Fennec Shand. Yeah, the the real the real bounty hunter. Yeah. Speaking of bounty hunters, you and I went on some adventures recently. We did. Our we, bounties, talked, we, we talked about this. Yes, but our bounties were not fulfilled like they usually are. Usually both of us leave with something and yeah. uh, my hands left a little empty. Our this time, bosom, on our, both days. Our bounty of bosom or bosom of bounty. Yeah. Like it, unless you do. count a really nice shirt with a drinking bear on it, a bounty win, then sure. I, I don't know. I feel like that would just be like a, like an average like oh this is cool but like there was nothing that really other than the star wars board game that i got nothing that really was all like oh yeah so what i want to talk about is the used game market and the reason i want to talk about the used game market is because i think i'm at a bit of an impasse i sit here and i look at my shelf and i'm like wow that's a lot of Xbox Series X games and Xbox One games. And why did I get rid of most of my older collections? And now I'm recollecting them. And why does it cost me nearly what the games were brand new or more to purchase these? I think back to a few shops we've gone into recently. I think about how we had a guy literally trying to give us an entire table for $60 to get it out of his store. Mm -hmm. And then I think about how all the desirable items that are not necessarily collector based, but they're force collectors are, are beyond the price point of a normal human. And you brought something very valid up to me um, when I saw you and I saw a TikTok, and I might've sent it to you. I can't remember, but um, you bought the animal crossing switch, right? I did. Yes. And Nintendo was like, we're not releasing a lot of them. They're going to be a collector's item. Didn't they? Did they not say that? No, they didn't. It was just uh, insinuated. Not even. It was a special edition switch. They never said that it was limited edition. Um, And it just ran into the same issues that most special edition Nintendo Switch consoles uh, run into where they just don't have enough um supply for the demand right it also came out right around when animal crossing new leaf was a new leaf 
no, um, Animal Crossing New Horizons, sorry, had come out. So there's an even bigger demand for it. Um, and people were like buying it up and scalpers were selling it for five, six, seven. I saw some as high as a thousand dollars and nowhere did Nintendo say that it was a limited edition console. Um, in fact, I do remember reading an article stating that Nintendo was planning on releasing more, but they had issues with, um, manufacturing as most companies did at the time. So most people were that I saw that were scalping them were saying like, Oh, limited edition. Like they're not making any more. And I actually made a, uh, Kijiji ad just as a PSA to people saying like, you know what? Nintendo never confirmed that they or or denied that uh, this is a limited run. Um, there is a good chance that more would be coming out without a guaranteed date, obviously. Um, but not to buy these scalper prices for, you know, nine hundred dollars or more. You know, and I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of messages from people who were, you know, like, oh, you know what? Thanks for just the heads up. Like, I'll keep an eye out for it. I can wait. I've had some I had some people saying like, oh, like, how do you know? And at the time I had I had some more resources that I was re- referring to from like statements from Nintendo and tweets and stuff like that and, and whatnot. Uh, and then I also had some messages from some angry people telling me to, you know, get a life, apparently in in not so friendly ways right and those are probably the scalpers themselves but how many how many um animal crossing nintendo switches did we see we saw Um, a few few i saw another six today right like they're they're actually everywhere uh there's a few at my walmart the local walmart near me i saw a bunch in winnipeg right so they are there and the thing is is it's been what over a year actually well over a year it was like 2020 when uh, when Animal Crossing came out, right? Yep, the beginning of the Panini. Mm-hmm. But that that console came out six months later, right? No, it came out before, actually. I thought it came out after. Wow, time flies. I've lost all concept of time over the last two years. It came out just before, and it didn't include the game, hmm. which was annoying, which was uh, a real piss off, but... The console didn't cost any any more than the the regular one, though. But it did come out. So, you know, people who were patient and could wait for it, if uh, by the time that they saw one, they had decided that, you know what, I still want this one, they could get it at retail. But the thing is that we noticed, though, is that, like like you mentioned, a lot of the games, like the, the games that are highly sought after they are being priced at a point where it's no longer the you and me, the Sean's and David's of the world who can afford them because I don't want to go into a store and drop $300 on a copy of say like star Fox just because this one store says that it's rare because they saw it on price charting or they haven't had too many come through their, their store. A big portion of what's going to create a rarity in a community is the number of other uh, like retro game stores or like used game stores, right? So like the GTA has, it's almost as if like, it feels like there's one every few blocks. Obviously it's not that close, but there's a ton in Toronto and surrounding area, Kitchener, Waterloo, Hamilton, all that. Even London had uh, quite a bit. Winnipeg, not so much. I actually America, any... not at all. Right? But the thing is, is prices in America seem to be significantly cheaper, though. So I don't I don't really understand. I, I don't know if it has something to do with the pandemic, if if prices were kind of like artificially inflated because people were at home and they, you know, people were dusting off their old consoles and wanting to find their games from their childhood and play those again. I don't know if it's artificially inflated, but one thing that I've noticed, and it's, this is every time that we've gone out for the last, well, minus the last six months, but for, I would say probably the last year and a bit when we would go on adventures, 
every single time we'd get home with less and less because the prices just seemed more and more like just enough that it's that we not that we couldn't afford it but it's like do i we're making conscious decisions on what we Mm want to do with our money like i remember going out with you and going to stores and finding stuff that was just like a no-brainer i need to buy this yeah because the price is right it's a game that we wanted the condition's great whatever but it's less and less now because I'm thinking like if a game is in a case that's immaculate, they're going to up the price already that. Well, guess what? I can buy brand new GameCube game cases anyways, right? Like the case itself can be, can be replaced. I could print off uh, the label if I wanted to have something that looked exactly the same. Like I could get it on the exact same type of paper. If I want to go to Staples, get it right. 100%. Um, I'm looking at a copy of Splinter Cell Blacklist Collector's Edition, like new for the PS3 on eBay right mm-hmm. now, 125 And we had a guy trying to get us to take both of them that he had for 60 bucks. What's wrong the, with that? Was that just the, uh, just the game itself? The game with the drone. Oh, that you're, yeah. So that was what, what system was that for? Uh, PS3? PS3. That was a Paladin Aircraft Edition. Yeah. And I kind of want to go buy both of them <laughs> and then sell them. <laughs> well, so I'm just looking at uh, price charting right now. Um, For Splinter Cell Blacklist Paladin Aircraft Edition for PS3, the average loose price right now is about 50 bucks. The average new price is about a hundred dollars, and this is U.S. dollars. Let me just change this to Canada. All right, <laughs> average loose price sixty bucks. Average new price one hundred thirty-three bucks. Yeah, eBay one forty-one. Yeah, ridiculous, right? Like it's it's stupid, right? And the thing is, though, if people don't have the ability to go out and buy this, say someone really wants this. You know, and they live up in the great white north. And their only option is eBay. Well, they're going to buy these. And then, you know what? People are going to see these uh, sold listings on eBay for $75, $85, $100, $115. And so then the next one that's listed, people are going to list it for even higher. And this is what I'm actually seeing here. The sold listings for this game new from 2014. One sold for 30 bucks. Uh, another one, $66, then $90, and then it averaged about 60 to 80 bucks. And then right around 2015, a year later, the price shot up to an average of like $95. And now two years later, we're at 150, right? Like it doesn't make any sense. And it's just because I don't know, everything is going up in price, but people are just trying to make as much money as they can. And I understand like, especially if you're trying to sell off your game collection, you're going to want to get as much as you you can get for it. Right. So I remember a conversation you and I had when I bought Mario all stars. Cause I was like, I I personally wanted to make sure I got a copy in the in the Mario year. Was it 30th anniversary, I believe? The uh, one that came out 2 years ago. 50th uh, yeah. anniversary, something 30, like that. 30th. Um yeah, 30th anniversary of like the 64 game or something, something like that. I don't know. I remember buying it and you and I were joking around being like, "Oh, it could be a collector's item we should buy too." And I was like, "Yeah, like I knew it was supposed to be a limited run. I don't think you can buy it in store anymore. Now that I've seen, no, they did actually pull it from from but retail. There was a London game shop who bought a bunch, thinking it was like going to be this insanely hot ticket item that every collector would want to buy more than one copy, right? I wonder what store that was. We don't name names <laughs> on this podcast unless it's good experiences. I know. Um, with that being said, though. Like, I remember you and I, like, joking around about it. I was like, should I buy a second one and leave it sealed? Like, I've played it maybe a handful of times, but I bought it solely to have it. Mm-hmm. I bought it to play these games. Um, 
I bought it to play Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy. Because I've had Mario 64 on pretty much every Nintendo console. Its value right now in Canada has plummeted. Well, it's going $60 for... $60.72. Yeah, and I'm seeing like third-party sellers on Amazon selling it for, you know, eighty to ninety dollars still. Like they're just going to sit there for forever, and and no one's going to buy them because the game, it's not as rare now. Like maybe in like ten years, it will be, right? Because it, uh, it Nintendo did actually remo- remove the copies from retail. But the thing is, is this is a Nintendo Switch game that wasn't really. It's not like it was a such a limited release that you you had to pre-order it, and they there wasn't enough on the shelf for people to walk into the store and buy them. One thousand percent. I right? walked like, into the store. I ordered it to try. I got like a bonus thing, and I walked out. That was yeah. It. And like, really, Mar- it's Mario. It's just Mario. There's. I guess, yeah, it's the first time that uh, Super Mario Sunshine has been kind of remastered for uh, a modern console. Same with Super Mario Galaxy. But it wasn't one of those games that was like, oh my god, I have not played this game in like 25 years. Because, you know, Super Mario Galaxy came out on on the Wii. Which, yeah, sure, feels like a long time ago, but really it wasn't. It wasn't that long ago. And it wasn't those one of those games that everyone is like Super Mario Galaxy. How much does that cost right now? Um, if you can find a copy for the Wii, it's probably like 50, 60 bucks still. Let me take a look. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy for the Wii. Loose price, $14. Nice. Complete price, $19. So that's the game and case and manual. Now, to buy it new, it averages about $97. So that's like with the shrink wrap still on and and stuff like that. So it's not like it's a super rare game. It's not like it's a super expensive game if you wanted to buy a used copy. So the fact that some people thought that this game, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars was going to become this like highly sought after super rare game are, are kind of ridiculous because there are some super hard to find, extremely rare games. I bought one just the other day. Um, it is, I, I ordered off Amazon because Amazon had a great price on it. It was pretty much just like really hard to find. Um, it is called, it's like a, like a dungeon crawling, like first person RPG thing. It's called Undernaught's Labyrinth of Yomi. Um, and Amazon had it for like $20, which is crazy. And now it's uh, going for $76. Damn, that's wild. Right? Like a huge price difference. Um, you know, the, the only ones that, what was the, the most recent one? There was one that I saw that was like, oh, the uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. The expansion, like the standalone expansion that they had, they did a a physical print run of that when it first released. And it was like, it sold out really quickly. And then Nintendo actually stopped physical prints of that. There was um, a limited re-release of this. And people were buying them up. Like there, I ordered a copy of it and it was at the regular retail price, which is not common for me to actually do that for like a pre reprint. Um, but it was limited and it kept selling out within like hours, like less than an hour every time, like it would kind of come up in stock. So I actually ordered for a pre-order for like July and this was like three months ago. Um, and it was like 60 bucks when the, the... so like Sorry, things like that, so like things like that are rare and people like they could have sold the reprints for a hundred bucks and people would still buy them because that is actually rare, but there's so much stuff out there that isn't rare. So like necessarily rare, but a lot of these game stores are just increasing the prices because, and I've seen this, I've seen this firsthand. They load up price charting and they say, Oh my God, 
This sold for $75 at one point in 2020 on eBay. That means that this game must be worth $75. And then they priced it at 75 bucks. I saw it so many times. And like it's it's predatory almost because they're banking on someone who comes into the store. And I've seen this as well. People come, especially around Christmas time, people come into these stores and they say, you know what? Like my significant other really wants this game. They've been looking everywhere for it and you guys have it. Um, I'm going to pay whatever price is on here. When it's like, I wish I could just be like, no, like, look, it's not that rare of a game. You can get it pretty much anywhere or just like look elsewhere, do your shopping around. And unfortunately people are kind of lazy when it comes to stuff like that. But my, my big thing is, and I, I was, I saw this comparison video not that long ago and I'll send it to you. If I were to ask you straight up, which version of super Mario 64 looks better. The, Mario 3D All-Stars one or the Nintendo Switch Online one? Which one would you honestly think? Um, honestly, I I, I don't even know if I could uh, remember the comparison. It's been, it's been a while since I've touched either of the two. So I think for what it's worth and what you pay for Nintendo Online, it makes... Mario All-Stars doesn't look that much different it really doesn't. The movement looks the same. The hair looks the same. The controlling looks the same. Controlling's going to be clunky regardless unless you bought the 64 adapter. It's kind of just a, a mess. A chaotic mess. And that's what kind of annoys me the most. Especially when we're going into these places looking for games. Like Sometimes you feel guilty because you spend so much time in a store and you build this relationship and rapport with somebody. That's how I ended up with Tony Hawk. He wouldn't come down on the price of Clay Fighter 64. And I was like, well, I've got to buy something. And I felt guilty. Like I had this buyer's remorse where I just, I felt like I had to buy. And like every time we go into a store, we're not going to hit big. But I'm also finding a lot of the times now then your negotiation power is gone. It's non-existent. Like, what kind of negotiations do we have at that last game we went to? Do you remember? It was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of, hey, can you tell me about this game? Oh, what's the best price you can put on this? Oh, yeah. okay. But if you want to turn your attention to this crap table of crap, then well, I can give the you thing a is, deal. That was our negotiation power. It was just stuff in big boxes that they didn't want anymore. Right? Like, if, if they, I don't know. They're, like the thing is, like there was other stores that we've been in where they've had big boxes of stuff, but they actually have it like displayed elsewhere, so it doesn't just take up space. But then we also got a sweet deal on those Star Wars banks just because um, he wanted to get rid of them. Well, uh, the way I would see it is, if you have a store like that and you have boxes taking up space, yes, I'd want to get rid of them too. Mm-hmm. But and like he desperately wanted to get rid of them, and he sold them to you because they weren't working properly. Then you sold them for an insane amount of money because I fixed it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but when you look at like the last place we went to, um, we're not going to say the name again because if you want to find it, you'll have to go into the other uh, a later episode. We don't want to talk ill about these stores, but we also want to continue to have business with them. The one thing that I I noticed, and it was kind of off-putting, is anything that was in a box that we could see, we weren't allowed to talk about. He was not willing to negotiate or be like, oh, I haven't processed this. Uh, Okay. So you're telling me, like, I'm not going to lie. I saw that Tony Hawk's ride, and I saw that PlayStation 1. Yeah, it's like I was like that PlayStation one mini would be perfect because it's the digital version. No discs, 20 games, whatever. Oh, anything under the table is not for sale. OK, so we do our second lap at the store and I'm looking behind the counter. Oh, anything behind the sale, we uh, the counter we haven't processed yet. OK, well, those are intriguing on top of all the games that I can't read. Because they're 10 feet away and the print is the size of a fucking penny. Mm-hmm. What do you want? I, I I hate to say it, man, but I don't think we're going to be looking for used games. 
in two or three years. Everything's nope. going digital. We we live in the world of Game Pass and PlayStation Plus and like I'm just, not genuinely excited to pick up another physical copy of a game for a while. I think I more will, people like, are buy Starfield. Go, I think more people are going to go into emulation again and 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 whatnot. Because in order to play the games that we want to play, it's easier and cheaper to download a ROM and play it on your computer or or get a Steam link and play it off that or even on a tablet or uh, emulators on Android phones are, have come a long way. And you can play games like full speed and updated graphics or like or like enhanced graphics. So, yeah, I could see the used market slowly dwindling, not only partially because of the inflated prices of the games that like these arbitrary numbers that these uh sellers are putting on their stuff but also because canadians in general and are just having a harder time day to day right our buying power in general is less because wages are stagnant and inflation is is up there like way up there so yeah like we're going to spend our money differently like when you come up to visit, uh, yeah, sure. We'll see if we can find some retro game stores, but we're going to be spending our money on, I would say experiences, things that we can enjoy together and, and, and just yeah. create memories, right? Because ultimately if we want to play uh star Wars pod racer, well, I got it for sale on switch, but say I didn't, I could just download the ROM and we could play it that way. Right. Yeah. It's, you're bang on. It's the like we want to have experiences, and I like you and I already have a plan for depending on what time of year I come up. Like one of the things that you and I want to do is go check out a hockey game. Neither of us have ever been in that arena. We think it'd be a cool experience. That's worth our money. But like if I'm flying, especially with the condition of our airports down here, the last thing I want to do is carry more luggage. I might not ever see it. I might find like the deal of a century, and then it gets lost for twelve days at Pearson. You just never freaking know. Do you know what I do know? I What's know that? I know something that will make you laugh. I've been holding on to this tweet all day. <laughs> like a fart. <laughs> yeah. Quite literally, I haven't been able to look up other stuff because of this tweet. So I'm on Twitter quite a bit. I like following sports stuff. And I see that PlayStation Plus is trending. And it's trending as a sponsored post. So Sony, like they always do, they just pay to make their problems go away. Mm -hmm. Somebody writes, PlayStation Plus is better than Xbox Game Pass. And it's literally a picture of the Guardians of the Galaxy game with other titles like (laughs) Spider-Man, Returnal, and Death Stranding. It's the replies. Yeah, it's the replies for me. The fact that PlayStation Plus has Death Stranding and Game Pass doesn't is already telling of how much better of a system it is. Nobody cares a day one uh, about the day one aspect. They care about the games if the Xbox doesn't have it like this year and 2020. The day one means jack shit. Somebody replies, Death Stranding is a PS exclusive. Why would it be on Game Pass? Nah, y'all are wrong. 505 games have distribution rights for Windows. Worth remembering, Game Pass isn't just Xbox, but it's also PC. Dude, you don't know what you're talking about. They can't get those games. Yeah, it's still uh, it's still under license for like by Sony, right? So if Sony doesn't want to put it on Game Pass or put it on, uh, I guess Game Passes or Microsoft's game distribution service, then. Yeah, it's not going to be part of that. But can you get it on Steam? Oh, hell's, oh, oh but hell yeah, you can. Hey, no disrespect, but PS Plus is far better and far superior to the Xbox Game Pass library. Look at what they've done in one short month. Somebody literally replied, "You're also forgetting Xbox pays third parties for day one deals." Uh, did you play Shredder's Revenge on day one? I did. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Uh, congratulations on your walking simulator. Can I get that on my Xbox Game Pass? No, I'll be too busy mowing my lawn. That's great. That is great. That is fantastic. The thing is, is like it, the the PlayStation fanboys, like 
they're so butthurt, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, this has been going on forever. And you know what? Yes, we were all part of it in some point. At one point, I thought Xbox was horrible and it was Nintendo all the way. And I, I kind of liked my PlayStation just because it had, you know, like the RPGs and stuff like that that I would play. But for the most part, it was Nintendo. Microsoft could suck it because Microsoft was bad when the Xbox came out, right? Like they were the big, bad Microsoft that made Windows and blah, 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 blah. But Microsoft has done more for gaming and the gaming community in the last, I don't know, 10 years than Sony has or Nintendo has. They have been so consumer friendly and made games more accessible for people on PC or Xbox on your mobile phone or tablet. They've made it accessible for people with physical disabilities like with their, uh, with their, I forget what it's called, like their, uh, the controller that you can adjust and change and whatnot. The elite or the, no, the, no, no. Like, like there's, there's a actual, ex- had one, the, the an um, actual accessible. I think it's just called the accessible controller. Is it not? Xbox accessible. Uh, the Xbox adaptive controller. Yes. Right. Like Sony doesn't have anything like this. Nintendo doesn't have anything like this. This is, uh, you know, Microsoft has really been the forefront of advancing gaming for people, no matter where you want to play it. Nintendo is stuck in their ways of, you know, console exclusivity and kind of being different, which is fine. It's working for them. The Switch is a a home run for uh, Nintendo. But Sony, every time, it's always been like, we have the best things. We're the best. Look at us. Don't look at anyone else. We're the best. And their their fan base eats that shit up. And every single time that there's like conversations online and stuff like that, people like it's comments like that. People are, are just so stupid. They're, they're, they're blind. Now, granted, that initial tweet was just clickbait. Oh, right? 1000%, but it did the job. It did what it was meant to do, right? But it's just it's crazy how people are so passionate about one console and that they they just become blinded to every other option there. And I think that changed for us when we got multiple consoles, right? We weren't limited to the selection that we have where maybe part of what makes them so bitter towards Xbox is that because they don't have an Xbox and they're so stuck in their ways with Sony and that they refuse to kind of even try it. Right. Because Xbox has no games apparently. Right. When you expand your horizons and when you open up, you no longer have to worry about which console is better. I'm doing air quotes, which console is better. You just have to worry about if you even have enough time to play all the games that you can. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you also have to kind of worry about like your personal preference. I like having all three as an option, but at the end of the day, if you told me in, in I got to keep one, sorry guys, Nintendo more like pretendo. And plays Nintendo more like Pretendo. <laughs> and uh, the PlayStation would be gone in a heartbeat. Like, bye. Yeah, you know what? I, I would. That's a tough one. I yeah, know that you. Now, now the gun's to your head. You have no choice. You have to make a call. See, I know that you play your Xbox way more than, than I play mine. But I would say that out of both systems, even Nintendo, even the Switch, I would say that I would select the system where I'm more likely to play with my friends, which would be, which would be the Xbox, um, because majority of the games that come out on that on it that we want to play are cross-platform. Um, and sure, I can do without some of the PlayStation games because the thing is, is I'm not playing them right when they come out, anyways, because the games are too expensive. And right? PlayStation yeah. Plus just isn't the same. No, it's a, it's a completely different service. They literally took 
the two services that they had, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, and merged them together. And they added a few extra games in there just to sweeten the deal a bit, to make it look like it's a new service and that you're getting more for your, your money. But you're not. You're really just being forced to pay for more, <laughs> really, if you, if you want to even save a little bit on some of these games. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it's all the same. Gaming now, and as I said to you in previous episodes, you're going to have to really want a game or really want to support a studio in order to buy a title. Right? Like, yeah. I'm going to buy Starfield because I will buy games I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I, I bought Starfield as a AAA, or not Starfield, Fallout 4. I bought those games because I wanted to. Starfield is going to be a good game. I know it. I'm going to buy it, even if it's a shitty game. Like, I bought fucking Cyberpunk. We all did. We all got duped. We all got duped on that one. Uh, Speaking of duped. Yeah. July games are coming. Uh, You didn't even play your your game song. Oh, don't worry. You know what we're going to talk about now, though? Whether you should uh, pre-order, wait for it, or just be weary about. Picking up strangers. Let me tell you about the dangers. If you don't like taking chances, then you better keep moving on, my friend. I, it's growing up. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You just, I gotta, you can't just like start it. You got to segue into it. I miss having the soundboard, so I'm going to download <laughs> one as well. I've lost my powers until the end yeah, of the month, guys. Yeah, yeah. Damn and it. then I get my powers back. Yeah. Um, all right. Any good games coming out this month? Yeah, Centipede Recharged on the Stadia. Oh, snap it is on Stadia. Um, honestly, Stadia has a really good like launch window this month. The one game that they got that I love, I absolutely love, nobody will ever play with me because you all suck, is Worms WMD, Weapons of Mass Destruction. That is a great game. It came out on July 1st, Kanada Day for uh, you people in the Great White North. Well, you know that game's on Xbox as well. and Oh, I have it on Game Pass, of course. Actually, yeah. I think I bought it. I might have bought it. I definitely bought it. It's like 15 I'll, bucks or something. I'll play that game with you. It's a great game. Play yeah, it with you know, me. You just never asked me. Do you know what game doesn't work that has a Worms um, level? Golf with Friends. Why does it not work? I, I don't know. Was it you that we were? I was trying to play? Oh, with? yeah. We were trying to play that couch co-op and it just couch co-op disappeared and we've played it couch co-op before no we hadn't we only played it online oh then we should play also golf with friends yeah we we should but the thing is with golf with friends they have a stupid it's a pass the controller co-op on couch and i don't want to do that yeah what if you have covid yeah what if we're sitting on opposite (laughs) sides of the couch yeah like we like Uh, we were (laughs) i personally like sitting on the opposite side of the couch it's way too hot in my apartment. I know. And then, and like, you know, next thing you know, someone's like their foot's touching their other person's leg. And then, yeah, hmm. and then it gets weird. Kill him. <laughs> um, honestly, July's not that great for games. We have AI, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative for all the consoles coming out on the 8th. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, Kiona Fantasy Revere series. Is that what that says? Revere, uh, Revere? Kelowna is a, I guess it's like a series, but I don't know. It came oh my out god, I thought that was nine, an eye. 1997. Um, Fist, Forged in Shadow, is coming out on the 12th. Didn't this game come out on Xbox and stuff like that? Yeah, it did. It did, yeah. It's, it's, now, that. it's now on the re-release console. Yeah, what the hell? I didn't even realize that that game had come out. I remember watching the uh, or seeing the announcement, but that's the one where you're the rabbit with the robot arm. Yes. Um, for Windows, I don't even know what this is. Monument Valley and Monument Valley Two are both coming out on. Uh... Oh, dude! <laughs> I know what this game is. Oh, yeah, you got... I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, I have it on Android. It's a, it's puzzler. a puzzle game. <laughs> Uh, what else? Rune Factory 5 is coming out on uh, Nintendo. Or wait, it's already on Switch. It's coming out on it's PC. On Windows. 
you're missing the biggest game of the month. It's coming out on the 14th. We've got Power Wash Simulator. And just oh. so you, you oh all know, God. guys, <laughs> just so everybody knows, every single one of these games is a bargain bin game. We're oh, just, fuck yeah. We're just shooting the shit here. This game has early access on Steam. I wonder if I can get it for free. I wonder if I can. I would. Oh, my God. This Power Wash Lawnmower Simulator. This is, the ulti- this is the ultimate man. I guess you could say wet dream <laughs> and no pun intended because it's a power washer. It needs to come out for Oculus. Oh, can you imagine? Shit. It's $22 on steam. It's going to be a day one game on Xbox. Oh my watch. God. But it looks so good. Look at you could power wash like an old timey um, circus cart. Oh, you can power wash with friends. No way. Oh, snap. Online co-op. Power Wash Simulator. Only on Steam and is, Xbox and why, everything. Why is there no VR? This would be like the... like. Look at this guy's house. This house is destroyed. What are you going to do? It looks like... I don't even know. How did that fire truck get so muddy? Oh, I love it. You can even change the, the nozzles. Yeah, it's color-coded properly. The, the proper color-coding... Oh my uh, god! I wonder if you could strip paint with these pressure washers. I know, right? And the pressure washer definitely looks like a drill. Oh, well, and he's changing the tip live. Oh, it's so good. Oh my god! You can pressure wash on Mars. Uh, are you? Did you see the car that was covered <laughs> in moss? Do you remember oh, as a kid when you would think you painted the fence? Mm-hmm. That's what this is, and you could upgrade your pressure washer. I cannot wait to power wash with my friends. Oh my god! So I'm, let me tell you, I bought a. How was the water flowing on Mars? I bought a, <laughs> I bought a pressure washer in real life, and life changing. It is legit. I mean, it is super satisfactory. Um. Well, now that we've talked, talked about the about best about game ever, power wash simulator for the last uh, ten minutes. What else we got? Um, just a lot of indie games, actually. Uh, Hell Pie, whatever that is. Yeah, the I don't even think there's a big title coming out this month. Okay, Thanks. well, there's there's a few actually. Um, Live Alive is coming out on the 22nd for Nintendo Switch. This is a kind of HD remaster remake in the style of I think it was it's similar to uh Octopath Traveler. Um, this was an original, this was a game that came out in 1994 for the super Nintendo or sorry, the super Famicom. Um, and it never came to North America. So this is a pretty unique, uh, unique game that is kind of like, uh, it's one of those games that people wished had come over to North America and, and never did. So that's finally coming out. I actually do have that one pre-ordered, um, because it looks pretty, pretty cool. Um, what else? Digimon Survive. Yeah, that looks kind of cool, but it you also talk- looks like you were it's talking a about Switch this one game. Before. Um, I don't know. I'm just even looking at July, going like, "Oh my god!" It's can't a, wait. Digimon Survive is an upcoming visual novel video game with survival strategy, role playing elements. Yeah, I'd have to watch to see what that one's even remotely like. I'm a little excited for August, but we're not going to talk about it just yet. You know, no. Madden games coming out. Yeah. So, so the biggest, I would, I would say the biggest game that's coming out and like, honestly, Nintendo switch has so many games coming out, whether or Nintendo switch and windows um, have so many games coming out, whether they're re-releases or indie games or whatnot. But the, probably the biggest game in general would be mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles three. I was actually going to counter that with, it probably already came out with F one twenty two. Well, yeah, like that's a pretty big one, but I would say for Nintendo fans, um, Xenoblade Chronicles three is probably the, the biggest one to be excited for, um, which I feel like this game was only announced like not too long ago, but, uh, yeah, I, I will probably eventually buy this game, but not anytime soon. Out of curiosity, have you played any of the uh, the F1 games? I think I've dabbled a little bit, but I'm not too sure if it was F1 
or if it was one of those other style racing the, games. Um, F one twenty one was a demo on PlayStation Plus before it got removed in the the shifting of platform. I had a lot of fun with it. The only thing I kind of found, like I found it really interesting too, is because you have that microphone slash speaker inside your controller, when your pit needed to contact you, your controller would flash and it would like talk to you. And I thought it was really neat. It'd be like, you, you need, you need fresh tires. And then if you were trying to communicate with your teammates, it would be like, uh, do you want to initiate a pass? And it would like ask you like it was coming over a radio. And I thought that was really a neat touch. Now that's the, that is the one thing that the the PS5 like this the well the PS4 had the speaker in the controller but I think more games are utilizing it in the PS5 um and that is a really cool feature but it doesn't make it better than Game Pass. No. And we want to know your thoughts. Do you think it's better than Game Pass? Do you think Game Pass is better than PlayStation Plus? Do you think Nintendo Switch is dying or do you think the game um the game share slash selling uh, reselling market is dying. Let us know your thoughts. Of course, as always for myself and David, he's so cool. We'll catch you on the next episode of the scene on screen podcast.